Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 42 of Process to Profitability. In addition to being a website designer, which I talk a lot about on this show, I'm also a podcast host, and I interact with a lot of people online, through Facebook groups, networking. I also do a lot of local networking. So I'm always looking at other people's websites as I consider bringing them onto the show, collaborating with them, recommending them to my clients, or just trying to get to know other people in the online space. The problem is that when people design their websites, they forget that it's not just for dream clients. It's also for all the other people who want to learn more about you. If you are educating, collaborating, or reaching out to people, this episode is a great one for you. I'm going to talk about why your website matters to more than just your potential clients and give you my perspective as a podcast host and business owners on what I look for in a website. When I first started Process to Profitability, I was very surprised at how early people started contacting me to be on the show and the people that were reaching out to me for different things. I am in a lot of different Facebook groups. I consider working with a lot of people as I grow my business. And so I'm always looking at people's websites in order to learn more about them. There is a lot that can be gained from social media platforms like Instagram and Facebook, but there's nothing like a website to really learn what somebody does, what they're all about, and get to know them on a more personal level. So as I have looked at all of these websites over time, I've realized that while we design websites for our potential clients and in the hopes of being hired, we sometimes forget that a big part of being a business owner is being visible to other business owners, potential collaborators, or people who just want to reach out to us that may not hire us right away. And so I wanted to talk about why your website matters to those types of people and the things that you can look for when you are designing your own website. So I'm going to walk through sort of how I look for somebody as a guest on my podcast first. And I've also gotten some really good feedback from some people about what they like and don't like to see on websites. So I'm going to share that in this show as well. I find my guests one of two ways. Either I find somebody that I'm really interested in and I think could share something great with my listeners and I will reach out to them, or I have an application on my website and people can apply to be on the show. Here is a thing to note for you if you are considering applying to be on a podcast or guest posting on a blog. Make sure you check out and see what their process for that is first. I have an application on my website in a couple of different places, and that's how I like for people to apply. If they send me an email instead of filling out that application, it automatically bumps them down just a little bit because I asked them to use an application on my website. I make it pretty clear. And so when you can't follow that instruction, it makes me wonder if you really took the time to listen to the show. So before you apply to be on anything, check out and see if you can find an application or a process that they use before you just shoot off an email. 
Once I hear from somebody that I think might be an interesting guest or I learn about somebody online or I'm recommended to check out someone, I will go to their website. And this is where I really start to get an idea of what they do and if they would be a good fit for the show. So here are a couple of things that I look for. When I first go to somebody's website, I want to know what their business is and what they do. If you don't have this on the homepage of your website and I have to scroll or look at your services to see exactly what it is that you offer, I'm not sure what you're in business for. And I also really like to see some sort of a mission statement or big overarching idea so that I know what drives you. Because somebody who is driven by something that doesn't really align with my business and my listeners might not be a great guest for the show, even if they have wonderful information to share. So I'm not just looking for someone who is an expert in their field. I'm also looking for someone who's a good fit for the people that listen to this podcast and that I think I could have a good rapport with during an interview. I also look for an image of them and a brief bio that tells me a little bit about who they are and gives me some more information that I can connect with and get to know them. If the only thing I ever learn about somebody is the same bio that I see every single time, if it's on their Facebook and their Instagram and their website, and I'm never able to learn more about them, then I'm wondering, are they good at communicating who they are? Are they going to have enough personality to be a guest on a podcast, which is just an audio experience? There's no video, there's no images, and so I want somebody who can really bring the personality to the show. I also look for up-to-date content. This is especially true if I am looking for somebody that I found on my own, but even if someone has applied, I will check out their blog and see when the last time they wrote a blog post was. I wanna make sure that they're still in business and I want to make sure that the content that they're talking about there matches what they have applied to talk about or that I'm considering them for. I don't want to bring someone on the show and have them talk about something that they're not an expert in. Because I want to be able to share with you guys the best information possible. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a blog, but if they have a podcast or another way of sharing content, maybe Facebook Live videos, I wanna know what that is, I wanna know what they're talking about, and that they're consistently putting out content so that when my audience is interested in learning more from them, or when somebody goes to their website, it doesn't look like it folded up three years ago and they haven't done anything since. So I would make sure that if you are starting to apply, you've got some up-to-date content that relates to the topics you want to share with people's audiences. I also like to see who they are, who they serve, and what services they offer. So this may not be on the homepage, but there should be some sort of services page that's easy to find and gives me a good idea of what it is that they do for their clients and who they serve. The reason that this is important is because I want to bring on people who are actually doing the thing that they're going to talk about. I recently brought on you know, Kate Boyd, who you will hear from in a later episode. And we talked about growing an email list and how you can make your email list convert more. 
And so when I checked out her website, I wanted to see that this was a topic that she's working on with her clients, that she's got experience in it, and that she's not just going off of what she's read online or what's worked just for one or two people. I want to see that she's got a body of work that supports the things that she's going to be teaching all of you. I also like to know who people serve. And while this isn't something that's going to determine whether or not someone can come on the show, it does give me an idea of if this is going to be a good audience. If someone has never worked with creatives online, it may not be a great fit because the examples they're going to use and the things that they're going to teach might not be something that's applicable to all of my listeners. Now, I said that it's not necessarily something that has to be exactly what I am talking about. So, for example, there are people who are in the online space. They're in Facebook groups learning about business, but maybe they serve the corporate world. I recently interviewed someone like this as well, whose episode will be coming out later. And because she's in the online space and knows other creative entrepreneurs, I knew that she would be able to tailor what she teaches and what she's an expert in to the types of businesses that we run and not just talk about what works for big corporations. So you don't necessarily have to work with creative entrepreneurs or small online businesses to be able to get on a podcast like mine, but you have to know how to talk to those types of people and what specifically they need to learn that might be different from the people you normally work with. The other thing that I look for is a way to get in touch, and I specifically look for something that's not a contact form. A lot of people have a contact form on their website that's very generic, and if you are in certain industries, it includes a lot of forms that people aren't necessarily going to fill out. So if I'm contacting someone who's a wedding planner, I don't need to fill out a contact form that tells them my wedding budget and how many guests I'm going to have because that's not relevant to what I'm actually asking about. So there are two options here and I've used both and I'll tell you which one I prefer. I prefer for somebody to have an email address listed on their website that is an easy way to get in touch with them and that they're actually going to answer. So on your contact page, you just include, you know, get in touch with me by email at this address. You can also put this in your footer or on other places, but having that is a really easy way for people to get in touch with you. And I know that some people are scared of getting too much spam from that, but I haven't found that I get that much and it's worth it so that I can actually get contacted by people who want something other than my services. The other option here is one that I've recently adopted for my own website, and that is to have a form that gives people different options as far as what they're trying to get in touch about. So my form has different options like work with me, or I just wanna say hi, or I'd like to be on the podcast. And that way they can fill out the rest of the contact form, it's pretty generic, and then it will send them an email based on what they chose. So if you're applying to be on my podcast through my contact form, and you choose be on the podcast, then I will have an automatic email sent to you with a link to the application. You don't have to have all of that set up, but if you give people the option to know what it is that they can contact you about and then have a very basic form that doesn't mean they're going to have to leave things blank or make things up because it doesn't fit what they're doing, 
it makes people a lot more willing to get in touch. If you are somebody who's a wedding planner or a photographer or who needs to collect more information before you get on a phone call with them, you can still have your regular contact form and just include the email address like I mentioned, or you can set it up like I have and one of my drop-down options for why you're getting in touch is to work with me on a website design project. You give me a little bit of information, submit the contact form, and then you'll automatically get an email that has an application to work with me. So it's an extra step, but it helps me to really make sure that the people who want to work with me are serious about it and have made a commitment to update their website. And it means that I don't have to collect all of that information from my contact page on my website. The other reason that having a lot of this information on your website is so important is because once you have been an educator, once you've been on a podcast or guest posted somewhere, people are going to share that with their audience. They're going to share a link to your website or to your Instagram. They're going to promote it on Facebook Live or something else. And the people listening and watching will go back to your website to learn more about you. And you want to be ready for them to come to your website and really get to know you and see what it is that they've already learned. So if you are teaching about website design, for example, people should come back to your website and learn about what you offer in regards to website design and why that's important and who you work with. You want all of those things to really be of one piece so that people know that you are consistent and that you're an expert in the area that you're talking about. If you have any questions about this one and you're not really sure how what you offer ties into what you can teach about, check out my episode with Raina all about verticals and I'll link to that in the show notes. And she gives a really great way to go through and figure out what your big talking points are that relate to the services you offer and what you want to be known for. If you're ready to update your website today and need some guidance on things that you can do, check out my free guide, five website updates to get legit. You can download it at lemonandthesea.com slash five updates. There you will find a guide with five easy updates you can make today that are going to make your website stand out, be legal, and it includes free resources that you can check out as well as easy action steps to get you started so that you can start making improvements to your website today. That is at lemonandthesea.com slash five updates. All right, so now that we're back, I wanted to talk to you about some of the things that I learned when I posted in a Facebook group about what people like to see on websites and what they really stay away from. So I had a lot of responses to this question and I wanted to share some of the things that I've gathered so that you can get an idea of what people think when they come to your website, what they're looking for, what they wanna you know, stay away from, and you might want to make some changes to your website based on this. And I always like to tell people, when you are considering what to include on your website, think about what it is that you like and don't like about other people's websites. So a couple of these are things that might drive you crazy on other people's websites, but you've done on your own, and that's okay. But it may be something you should consider changing. So the first one, and this was a big one that I heard, was not to overwhelm your visitors. When someone lands on your website, they should just start out by getting to know you. 
There shouldn't be music that auto plays. If you have a video, it shouldn't start automatically. And you shouldn't use too many pop-ups and especially no pop-ups on mobile. You wanna make your website quick to load and easy for people to use. They shouldn't have to be fighting with turning off their sound and stopping a video and closing a pop-up just to get to what it is that they want to know about you. So that's no music. Videos should not start automatically. You can have them, but have people be able to click a play button. And then don't use pop-ups on mobile and use them sparingly other places. Some people like them, some people don't, but you just wanna make sure that they're easy to close and don't overwhelm people by having something pop up multiple times. The next thing someone mentioned was presenting clear information on your homepage. So you should have all of the basic information about you right when someone lands on your website. They should know what you do. They should know who you are and a little bit about you. They should know the services that you offer or the products that you're selling. And then they should know what it is that you talk about or how they can learn from you. This seems like a lot of information for a homepage, I know, but it's really pretty simple. You just want to include some basic information about who you are, who you serve, and what you do upfront so people know if they're in the right place and don't have to click on every page in the menu in order to figure it out. The third thing was to have a clear way to get in touch with you. So I mentioned this in what I look for when I go to somebody's website, and I know that this drives other people crazy as well. So some people prefer to have a form to fill out while others are okay with an email address, but you want to make it clear how people can get in touch with you and make it simple for them to do so. The fourth was that if you have ads on your website, don't embed them in your content. If you have read any of those articles from magazines or the clickbait headlines and you are scrolling through and you're trying to see what the top 10 outfits that Kate Middleton wore are, you don't want to see an ad pop up in the middle that totally messes up the way you're reading. You want your content to be seamless and make it easy for people to read. If you are including ads, add them at the bottom of your post or on a sidebar so that people can see them, but they're not in the way. They're not making it hard for people to actually get to the heart of what you're trying to say. Fifth is to list your location. So even if you work with people all over the world, people like to know where you're from. They want to know what time zone you're in and what you might be doing and what you're experiencing. So Make sure that you include your location, including your city, your state, your country, whatever is applicable in multiple places on your website. This also can help with SEO, as I've talked about in a couple of episodes. So you want to make sure that that is clear, especially if you offer a local service, but even if you are working with people virtually. If you're wondering where your location can go, there are a couple places you can include it, including the footer of your website, on your contact page, in your description. I include mine in my bio so that when people are reading my website and checking me out, they know that I'm located in Richmond, Virginia, but I work with people all over the world online. The sixth thing is to add visual space and clear dividers to make your content easy to read. We don't want your website to be boring, but we want it to be simple and have the content be the key. This comes into play when you're thinking about website strategy, which we've talked about in a couple of episodes, but your content is really the most important part and your design should support that. So 
You want to make sure that you have visual space between different sections or a way to divide things so that people know when something starts and stops. Add white space to your website so that when people are looking at it, they know when they can take a break and give their eyes some space to rest. You don't want to overwhelm them by adding layers and layers to your website and making it really hard for them to figure out what's next or where to go. Next is to include some fun facts about you, not just a boring bio. So I've seen people do this in a lot of different ways. They might include some fun facts on the homepage that scroll to the next one so you can learn more about them or include it on their website or include it on their about page as, you know, fun facts or about their history. You want to make it really reflect your personality because the business you're in is not just about your clients. If they wanted to buy whatever you're selling from a company, they could go and hire somebody. What people are looking for when they are coming to an individual person's business is they want to work with that person and they want to build a relationship with them. So make sure that you're including some of that fun personality into your about page and who you are instead of just that same boring bio that shows up every place that you have, you know, talked about yourself. The next thing is to use the industry norms in your menu bar. I know that I've talked about this on a previous episode, but I wanted to reiterate it here because it was mentioned to me as something that drives people nuts. If you have an about page on your website, call it about, don't call it, you know, my story. If you have a blog, call it a blog. Make it very clear what it is that these pages are on your menu so that people know what it is that they're looking for. If you are in an industry that might call something different, like perhaps you have a pricing page instead of a services page, that's okay. Just go with what most people are using so that when people come to your website, comparing you to other people or getting to know you, they know where to go and what they can find out by going to those tabs. So the big thing here is to make it very clear what people are going to get when they click on a page. You don't want to send them somewhere and have them go, oh, that's not what I was looking for or that's not what I thought it was and have to go back and do that again and again. People are eventually going to leave your website. You want to make it easy. You don't want to frustrate them. You don't want to make them think too hard. The last thing that someone mentioned was not to use jargon. Make your copy clear and stay away from industry-specific language that people aren't going to know. I heard an example in a podcast the other day where they were talking about titles, so what it is that you say that you do. It's really easy for someone to know what you do if you say, I'm a website designer or I am a wedding photographer. But when you make your title or what you do a little more jargony and hard to understand, people aren't going to be sure what that means. And if they don't know what it means and they don't want to stick around to figure that out, they're going to go find somebody else. So if you are a social media marketing manager, you might want to actually tell people, what is it? What do you get when you work with me? Just make sure it's clear. And if you are writing the copy for your website, make sure that you're not using too many words that don't make sense to your listeners. So when I write copy for my website, I could include things like website strategy and SEO and FTP and HTML and CSS. But most people who are going to hire a website designer 
don't know what that is or aren't familiar with it. And so I want to make sure that I'm just telling them, I design your website so it looks good and gets you clients. Make it simple. Make it speak to the person that you are trying to work with and not to the other people in your industry. All right, so I know that this was a little bit of a shorter episode, but I think that you have probably picked up a couple of things you want to change on your website. I know that I have had some reminders of things that work and that don't work, and so I encourage you to go and just take a quick look at your website and see, are there things that I could change? Are there some quick things that I could do to improve my website for when people come and check it out. This is especially true if you're getting ready to apply and are considering being an educator or collaborating with people. But even if you don't feel like you're at that step yet, you wanna make sure that your website is ready for people to check you out. I have reached out to a lot of people for my podcast who have never really considered being on a podcast. They think, oh, I'm not far enough along in my business. But as a podcast host, I know that they've got great, valuable information to share, and I want to get that out to my audience. But I still am going to go to their website and see, are they really an expert in this? Are they really ready to share this information with people? So I encourage you, you never know who's checking you out and who is on your website trying to figure out what you do, either looking to hire you or work with you or invite you to be on something. So make sure that your website is at a point that it can support all of those things as your business grows. And by doing it now instead of later, you are already ready. You're not having to make all of those changes when you decide you're gonna start pitching because that can be overwhelming. It just takes something off your to-do list for the future by getting it done today. So be sure to check out the show notes. I'm going to list some of these things out as well as some references that can help you and some past podcast episodes that I talked about. And if you have updated your website or found that there are things that drive you nuts, I'd love to know. You can reach out to me at samantha at lemonintheseed.com or if you have really enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate it if you would leave me a review on Facebook and on iTunes so that other people can find the show. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show. 